0: Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high-altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Are you sabotaging your mountaineering fitness by making these common strength training mistakes? If your training hikes feel like you're dragging a lead sled, if you're off balance, or if you're frequently injured, these are all signs that your strength training routine may need a little tune up. And that's what we're talking about today on the pod. So, welcome. I'm your host, Sarah. And in episode one, I really emphasized the importance of cardio training for mountaineering. We talked about how it makes up 80% of your training time. And ever since I recorded that episode, I worry that I may have undersold strength training, just a little bit. And it's true that cardio is the mashed potatoes and strength training is the gravy of endurance training, But you wouldn't want to eat a big heaping serving of mashed potatoes with no gravy. Because let's face it, honestly, they taste like dirt. And it's the same with climbing your mountain. Strength training will help you in many ways. It's going to help you prevent injury, reduce fatigue, improve your balance. You'll feel less soreness. So while it's not your entire program, you absolutely want to be doing it. And I just want to acknowledge at the outset here that strength training is far more intimidating than cardio for most people. It's a higher learning curve, especially when you're a beginner. I mean, let's face it, there's a huge difference between go out and walk and jog for an hour or go and do a strength training routine with reps and sets and resistance. And it's all a bit, it's a bit tough to wrap your brain around. So I really don't blame people who have some anxiety and resistance around getting started. And I really think if I can do one thing to today, I really want to dispel some of that and help you to see that it really is something that's accessible to all of you, and you can definitely start doing it right now. Today, let's go over some of the common mistakes people make when they start a strength training routine and how to correct these. And I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of how to lift, But I'll link to some blog posts in the show notes that go into a lot of detail. So definitely make sure you check that out after you listen to the pod. So let's start with mistake number one. And this is one we touched on in the last episode. And it's doing too much strength training at the expense of your cardio or your free time. To kind of illustrate what this can look like, I took a mountaineering class a couple years ago. And it started off with a fitness lecture. And it was one of the instructors in the class giving the lecture. He was basically describing his workout. And as I listened to him speaking, I just felt the horror (laughs) rising inside of me. What he was describing was Really impossible for, I'd say, most people that have a full time job. He was hiking and mountaineering on the weekends, but then he was also spending hours at the gym. He was lifting six days a week. He was not taking a rest day, which I'm not sure how he didn't just completely burn out and die. But listening to this, I just remember thinking that I i am going to have to quit my job if this is what mountaineering is all about. If this is what I need to do to climb Mount Rainier, I'm not sure that I have it in me to work out this much. And I can say this now as someone who's gone on to climb lots of mountains, climb several high-altitude summits, really that level of training is not necessary or constructive unless you're doing something super hardcore and crazy like climbing Mount Everest and you're a sponsored athlete that's training full-time. For most of us, it does not need to look like that, and I thought it was interesting that strength training was so emphasized because, as we discussed in the last episode, very often experts, influencers, trainers will recommend a lot of strength training and it ends up coming at the expense of the cardio, which if you're following a classic endurance training model, really the cardio is where you want to put most of your emphasis. So why did this happen? I have a couple of theories. One of them I think is around the culture of mountaineering. Mountaineering does have a culture that can be very competitive, is not really leaving room for vulnerability and if you are an instructor in front of your instructor peers who's giving a lecture on fitness, it's probably really hard to say, I lift two to three times a week because that is what my sport demands. I also think there's an element of sexism that comes into this, and this was fascinating to me. I never really paid attention to this until a couple of years ago, and the way it came on my radar was I live in an apartment building, and our apartment building built a beautiful gym and they put a functional training machine in it that you can use to do all different kinds of exercises. It was amazing. And I was talking to my best friend, who's a guy who lives in the building. I'm like, hey, did you go up and use the functional trainer yet? It's so awesome. I can't believe we have this. And his response just blew me away. He said, no, I'm a guy. We need barbells. I work out at the gym. (laughs) And I, I laugh, but I do think there's this concept of masculinity that men lift, Men lift heavy, men lift at the gym, men lift a lot. And I I really feel for men in endurance sports, because I think it's difficult to say that I am going to reduce lifting in order to focus on cardio because research shows the best way to improve my performance. And I think that also can look like taking up a lot of time. These these men do their endurance training, they do all their cardio, and then they go and lift. And when do they have time to be people and focus on other areas of life? So and I I don't think this is necessarily exclusive to men. I think there are communities of women where you can see. This, but definitely it seems to be something that affects men more. And then finally, we talked in the last episode, there just is a lot of misunderstanding about mountaineering and what a program should look like. And this is true even among trainers. Trainers tend to be trained in programs that emphasize strength training. And so when you're choosing a trainer, just that's something to keep in mind to be a savvy consumer. You really want to look for someone who has more experience and perhaps some additional education in endurance training. And I actually would choose someone if you're choosing someone to train you for mountaineering. I don't think it's a tall order that that person should have climbed a mountain similar to the thing you want to climb. Don't be afraid to go out there, be discerning. Don't assume that all trainers are the same and know the same things, we are all self-included, just very biased into thinking what we know is the most important stuff. And it's hard for us to rein that in sometimes. So definitely don't be afraid to ask questions and find the right person for you. So that's a whole lot about doing too much strength training. You know what the second common mistake is? Doing no strength training. You probably guessed that that was coming. I think that this is also very common and especially among mountaineers who are self training, who maybe don't have a whole lot of experience with strength training. It's very easy for them to realize I should go on training hikes. I can wear a heavy backpack. I can do intervals. I can do all these cardio things to get ready. But the, the strength training part just seems like something additional that maybe you don't really need. And this was really driven home to me. I have a friend who's a really amazing athlete. She's climbed Denali. She's done all these amazing mountaineering trips. And she really has a hard time, I think, warming up to the whole idea of strength training. It's just there's so much time involved doing the cardio. Strength training goes by the wayside. And I remember talking to her. We were on a training hike. And she asks me, I am feel like my cardio is going well. I'm actually losing weight, which is great. But then I hop on my biometric scale at home, and it says my body fat percentage is increasing. What do you think might be happening? And (laughs) I think this really illustrates kind of the danger of doing a ton of endurance training and cardio without strength training. The more cardio you do, you're actually losing muscle. Your body is consuming it, basically, because of your energy expenditure. The only way to combat that is to do strength training to stimulate your muscles to produce more mass. So. You can see right there, that's one of the main reasons it's so important for people who are doing endurance training to do some strength training. And even if you're not doing endurance training, I would put to you that you should still be doing strength training. Whether you are a 20-year-old college student or 90 years old and living in a nursing home, strength training has a ton of health benefits for your body that you really can't get from cardio alone. So I'm just gonna read you a list of some of the things that research studies have proven that strength training can do for you. So if you're if you're an athlete or even a person who's just hanging out, living your life, you're gonna have fewer injuries You're going to have increased bone density. Strength training improves blood pressure, insulin resistance, and it balances blood lipid levels, all of which can help prevent cardiovascular disease. This this one's really counterintuitive. You might think if you have back pain or joint pain, you shouldn't lift weights. But it actually can, if done correctly, reduce joint pain and back pain. For people who experience depression, they report that their mood is improved after strength training. And this is crazy. I don't know how this can even be true. Maybe it's from the quantum life force or whatever, but people who lift weights, experience less premature death. And that's from all causes, everything from heart disease to car accidents. So why does that happen? No one knows, but I think we can all agree that's good. If you're someone who has gotten into mountaineering because you have a weight loss goal, and I think that's an amazing reason to get into it. It's such a great motivator. We talked about last week, mountaineering. You almost have to become a whole new person to really (laughs) reach your potential. And that's gonna force you not only to exercise But to look at your diet, look at all your habits, really tune things up, let go of things that are not healthy for you. But if you're on that journey, one of the best things that you can do is actually lift weights when they've done research and they've looked at people who have lost 30 pounds, who have been able to keep it off for more than three years. All other things being equal, they tend to be people who lift weights. It definitely seems to improve your chances of losing weight and keeping it off. And that's probably because you're changing your body composition. You're stimulating your body to create more lean mass through muscle And you're also giving yourself a little metabolism boost. Heavy lifting gives your metabolism about an 8% lift, and it can actually last for a couple of days. So that's pretty awesome and definitely helpful if you're trying to lose weight. So I hope I've convinced you to definitely lift weights And let's move on to common mistake number three. This is a reason many people hesitate to lift weights, and it's because they believe that they need a gym. So let me debunk that a bit for you. I think we can all agree that gyms can be super intimidating. If you have any sort of childhood trauma around gym class or sports performance, uh, it can very easily get triggered when you're walking into a gym. And I think going into a gym also feels a bit like public speaking in the sense that you are performing in front of other people and you're running the risk of not doing it perfectly, people looking at you and judging. I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of us to get over. And I think it's hard for beginners. If you're a beginner and it feels hard, know that it's also hard for those of us who have been lifting weights for a long time. I've been lifting since high school and A couple years ago, I walked into a gym after having been away for a while, and I remember this feeling of being so vulnerable, of wondering if people were looking at me, of being afraid to take up space, being afraid to do the exercises wrong, and it was... Crippling it took me like an hour and a half to get through what it should have been a thirty minute workout because I was so conscious of everyone around me and afraid of doing things wrong so if you experience gym intimidation, no you're not alone a huge percentage of the world feels the same way so this brings us to the question of do you really need a gym in order to succeed as a mountaineer and I will say no but I will say that it can help. We'll talk about some of the ways it can help in a moment. And I think this is probably a good place to mention that if you really want to join a gym, one thing to keep in mind is they all have their own unique culture. So it's worth it to shop around and kind of find your people. Some gyms are very competitive. People are lifting very heavy, using lots of free weights. And some gyms are super laid back. People are hanging out, talking while they're lifting. It's its a very communal atmosphere. There are gyms that are catering to women, gyms that are GLBT friendly. So I think it's definitely worth it if you are shopping around for a gym and you're feeling a little nervous to take some time, try some different ones, find the one that feels right for you. This brings us back to the question of do you need a gym? We're going to talk about periodization in just a minute. And by the way, periodization just means training for different goals. At different times of the year, and I do believe that there are a couple parts of your season where it is beneficial to have access to a gym, especially if you don't have a lot of equipment at home. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to join a gym. One thing you can do is just look around and see which gyms have day passes near you. Sometimes you can just pay like eight to twelve dollars and go use the gym for your workout. If you're a mountaineer, you're not going every day. You're maybe going two or three times a week. So to do that for a couple of months, Tops, is often in the long run, it's going to save you money just to use day passes rather than joining a gym. Now for those of you who are just starting out, do you need a gym? And really the answer is no. There's a ton you can do at home with your body weight, with things you improvise, with simple equipment like resistance bands, small dumbbells. You can get an excellent workout just using these simple things. It's also important to remember that the most sports specific strength workouts are actually done outside. So what that might look like is putting a bit of weight into your backpack and hiking uphill and you'll be out in nature, you'll be enjoying your sport, and you'll be a million miles from the the sweaty, stinky gym, which can really feel good. So let's move on to common mistake number four. This is lifting with poor technique or posture. There's a saying in strength training that we need to straighten the body before we strengthen it, and it's very, very true. And the reason is that strength training will hardwire any poor posture or dysfunctional movement that you have. So a common example that applies to many of us who sit at desks all day is that we have shortened hip flexors. And if you look at where your upper thigh connects to your torso in the front, that muscle right there is the hip flexor. And it's easy to see how it would get shortened, tightened by sitting at a desk all day. And what that does when it's short and tight is it actually pulls your pelvis forward, which increases the curve in your back, and it puts you at higher risk for low back pain. Now, what happens if you strengthen that muscle through strength training when it's still shortened? You're going to actually make that curvature in your back worse, and you're going to actually increase the chances that you could have back pain. So before you start lifting and strengthening that hip flexor, you want to lengthen it out and correct that imbalance. So how do you know if you have these postural issues, these movement issues? One of the best things you can do is actually spend some time with a personal trainer. And not every personal trainer is really good at doing postural assessment, functional movement assessment. It's worth it to shop around, find someone who has some experience and some extra training in this. You also want someone that really wants to work with you as a consultant. Sometimes what'll happen is you'll go into a gym, you'll meet with a trainer, and they just want to sell you their six week package that they're job probably pretty much depends on selling a certain number of these, but it's not exactly what you need. You just need someone to work with you, someone to assess your technique, assess your posture, assess how you're moving, and give you a tune-up. And even if you're an experienced lifter, I think it's really good to do this every couple of years. Even if you have done it before, you kind of know what to look for, it's really just hard to see your own body moving and see some of these dysfunctional movements. Movements and postural imbalances in yourself. So definitely don't be afraid to check in with a professional. It's really the very best way to make sure that you're always training in balance and that you're not hardwiring problems into yourself that are going to hurt you down the road. It's also a good thing to do if you're moving from your general strength training phase into your heavy lifting phase. Heavy lifting is where you're going to strengthen the muscles the most and where you can actually do the most damage. So definitely something to consider. If you don't have access to a personal trainer, if you don't have the money or the time or can't really find someone you think is going to be the right person for you, another option is to go to group fitness classes. They're a great place to learn technique. They're going to talk to you and model things like warming up, engaging your core before you lift, breathing, and how to prevent injury to your knees when you're squatting or you're lunging. It's best to do these classes in person, that way you can, if you have any questions, Pull the instructor aside and ask them to have a look at you. You can also get some benefit from streaming services, watching videos online. There's a wealth of information on YouTube about how to do exercises with proper form. It's not the same as having someone standing right next to you watching you do it and correcting you, but it can give you some things to be aware of, some of these things you can watch for in the mirror, and that can be helpful. Another option for you, especially if you're new to lifting and don't have a lot of experience, don't really have someone to show you what to do, is to use machines kind of the downside of machines is they really only isolate one muscle group at a time. They're not really replicating the movements you make in real life, but they do still give you some benefits and you're much less likely to injure yourself on a machine cuz it's providing some support for your body, for your posture. It's certainly possible to injure yourself on a machine, but the margin for error is a bit greater. So that's another place to start if you don't have access to a trainer, if you don't really have a lot of knowledge about strength training, it generally is a pretty safe place to get started. And finally, common mistake number five, this is lifting the same way all the time, all year round. And what this often looks like is you have a person who maybe learned a little bit about strength training in high school and they've been doing the same routine ever since. They do three sets, 10 reps of the exercises using kind of medium resistance, and they never change it up. And this is a great place to start when you're starting your training season. Doing the medium reps, the medium resistance gives you a really nice foundation for the harder work that's gonna come later. But because we're mountaineers and we're really shooting for maximum performance, I want you to add a couple other periods to your strength training season. So we're gonna start with general fitness. At the start of your training season, you're going to lift medium reps light to medium resistance, increasing gradually as you get stronger. This is building a great foundation for the next period. The next period, while you're still fairly early in your season, before you're doing hours and hours of cardio every week, you're going to do a heavy lifting period. So during this period, you're going to do low reps, high resistance. And what this is going to do is recruit new muscle fibers. Whenever you make a movement, like let's say you flex your bicep, if it's unweighted, your brain is only firing a fraction of the muscle cells and making them contract that are actually available. So the big benefit of lifting heavy is you're forcing your brain to fire more muscle cells, and that'll result in greater strength, stronger contraction. And that's something you want to take with you all through your season and up the mountain. So after, let's say, four to six weeks of heavy lifting, you're going to go into your muscular endurance period. And this is actually the opposite. So you're going to do lots and lots of reps, but with pretty light resistance, either body weights or very light resistance. And what this is going to do for you is Get your muscles used to contracting many, many times without getting tired. It actually builds up their endurance, just like we talk about your lungs and your heart need the endurance to go for 6 to 15 hours, depending on the length of your climb. Your muscles need the same thing. So this is the phase where you really get that going for them. And then, finally, we move into a maintenance phase. And during this phase, you've completed your heavy lifting, your muscular endurance, and now you're just trying to maintain. So most of your strength training will probably actually be accomplished while you're outside hiking, doing your sport. You might carry a little bit of a heavy backpack on some days to work your muscles. You might go to the gym maybe once a week if there's something you want to work on, if there's something that feels a little out of balance you need to correct. If there's a muscle that still feels weak, you can go to the gym and give it some extra juice. But for the most part, you've kind of moved on into the part of your training where you're doing tons and tons of cardio. And strength training is, is, is taking not necessarily a backseat because you've already done all the work, you're strong. Right now, you just need to maintain it by working. Working your muscles against resistance regularly, but that doesn't necessarily have to be in the gym, doesn't necessarily need to be doing squats. It can just be hiking uphill with your heavy backpack a couple days a week, maybe even one day a week. And that's enough for maintenance for most people. So there you have them. Five common mistakes that may be sabotaging your strength training And if you take one thing away from this episode, what I really want you to know is that strength training is something that is good to do and it's something that you can do. You don't have to necessarily get really fancy and join a big gym or set up a crazy home gym, it's something that's available to you right now. You can just start with your body weight, start by watching YouTube videos or stream a service like Peloton that takes you through some beginner workouts. But even these beginner workouts are really starting to lay a foundation for better performance. You're going to feel better on the mountain. You're going to be less likely to be injured. And you really, I sincerely can speak from experience, whenever you have done a good job at Strength training. Training. You're just going to enjoy your climb so much more. It's going to feel so much more comfortable to go out and climb for 6 to 15 hours And That's such a feat in itself. You don't want to make it harder by not doing strength training when you could be doing strength trainings. Hope that's super helpful. I love talking to you guys. Definitely let me know what you thought about this episode and if there's anything you want me to talk about in the future. And I will talk to you next week. Take care. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.